Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Donnie Boker was a friend of mine in high school. Donnie and I were on the wrestling team together, and we were the same year. But since I wrestled 119 pounds as a senior, nobody my year was in my weight class. They were all fortunately a little larger than I was. I got to wrestle only younger people, which was kind of nice. But Donnie was my friend, and I liked him a lot. He had an older brother named Eddie, whom I didn't know uh, particularly well, but liked what I knew of Eddie. I mean, the, the whole Boker family seemed like great, great people, likable and kind and involved in church going. But I was a little standoffish, just a little reserved, because the Bokers were, after all, Presbyterian. No kidding, I was so huddled living in such a small world of faith that I, I wasn't exactly sure what the Presbyterians believed and whether or not it fit into my little thimble of orthodoxy. And besides that, I knew that they wore robes and I knew we didn't believe in that. My, my, my world was just so small. It was... Uh, white and southern and Protestant and Baptist. We had three networks and Channel 17, and if the weather was good, Channel 46. I had no black friends, no gay friends, at least whom I knew to be gay at the time, no Latino, Asian, or African friends. I'm not even certain that I had any friends who grew up north of Charlotte. Not like we didn't travel, though. I mean, we went to Orlando and Myrtle Beach, and, and once we even loaded up the station wagon and went to Omaha, Nebraska, way far away, to visit a childhood friend of my dad's who was living in Omaha. Needless to say, I knew no Parthians, Medes, Elamites, or dwellers of Mesopotamia. What I knew most of my childhood of diversity was that Donnie Boker was Presbyterian, and I was pretty sure that was okay, but not real sure. I, I had an idyllic childhood. I, I wasn't sheltered by any conscious cele, uh, segregation. It, it was just that in the 1970s, there were no Parthians or Medes who lived in my Dorval subdivision. We, we, we didn't question it much. It, but then the world changed. Most of you recognize that I stole my sermon title from Thomas Friedman's book title of 2005, The World is Flat. The New York Times foreign affairs columnist opens that book by telling the story of uh, playing golf in Bang- Bangalore, India. He was, he was on the tee box, he said, and, and his partner, who was helping him line up his tee shot, 
from the tee box, looked out in the distance and said, aim at either the Microsoft building or the IBM building. He, he was in India, and, and he's looking at these two iconic U.S. brands, and it was a part of his realization that the world had changed. And in many ways, the world had come together, no longer huddled just in little clusters. And so he came home from that trip, shared his observation with only his wife, he said, and only in a whisper, honey, I think the world is flat. Well, I think it is one of the central messages of our story today that the world is flat. Because Pentecost, the birth of the church, every known tribe and region was present. The whole known world represented. So so missions isn't about taking the message of the church to other cultures. They were all there for the birth. Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, they were all there when the church was born. Pentecost, uh, you'll recognize it's a Greek word, like Penta 50, festival scheduled for 50 days after the Passover. But the Hebrew reference is the Feast of Weeks, the, the harvest festival. So 50 days after the Passover, the Jews from all over the region come together, Jews from Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia Devout Jews from every nation, according to our scripture, arrive for the festival. This is one of only three pilgrimage feasts where the Jews from all over made it back to the crowded uh, crowded streets of Jerusalem. So, it's festival season. Uh, uh, Hotels are hard to come by. Things are buzzing. Tough to get a dinner reservation. It's busy. It's festival season and they are all together. Now, start looking throughout the sermon and the passage for this word, all. It shows up a lot. They're all together. And suddenly, a rush of violent wind shows up, and, and people in robes are having to hold their hat down and their robe down, the winds blowing like crazy. Then tongues, tongues of fire rested on the whole assembly and all of them, there's that word again by the way, all of them are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other languages. Well, before I finish the, the, the story, if we got time for a sidebar, let's, I'll come back. But there's a quick word about the Holy Spirit. As I said last week, the Holy Spirit is the main character in the book of Acts. But the Holy Spirit is also the most misunderstood part of the Holy Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I told you this story once before, but some of you had already nodded off, so I'm going to tell it again. The most helpful thing I ever heard uh, about the Holy Spirit was in a seminary theology class. The professor said, 
Jesus gives definition to the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit gives ubiquity to Christ. Well, I wrote it down because, of course, I had to go home and look up ubiquity. Found out it means all present, unencumbered, all places at one time. So, the Holy Spirit is the presence of Jesus, the nature, the character of Jesus, no longer in any way confined by space or time. So, during Jesus' earthly life, if he were at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, he could not at the same time be in Bainbridge, right? But now, because of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is unleashed, unhindered by time and space. So back to our story. In our story, the animated spirit has now touched those gathered in Jerusalem, and they begin speaking in a way where people are hearing what they said in their own language. It's interesting. People heard it in their own language, but somehow they still knew that they were from Galilee. So I guess they had an accent. Those are their own language, but with a Galilean accent. Anyway, every person, every nation heard his or her own language. Parthian, Medes, Elamites, and all the rest. It was like a United Nations meeting without the headsets. They're animated by the Spirit of Christ within them, the Holy Spirit, and they are talking about God's deeds and God's powers. Nothing like this has ever happened. People are slack-jawed, amazed, perplexed. But the skeptics sat back and watched this thing and said, look at them. They've got to be drunk. They're filled with new wine. Well, you're not going to be surprised by what happens next. At least those of you who've been a part of this whole series from Acts, because you know that any time Peter sees anything that resembles a crowd, uh, it activates the preacher part of Peter, and he stands up and starts proclaiming. And it happens again here too. Peter jumps up and starts his sermon. Guys, they are not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning for crying out loud. But let me tell you what is happening. And he begins his sermon by reading from the prophet Joel. Now, if my world was small in 1970s Doraville, Georgia, can you imagine how siloed the Middle East would have been in the first century. Today, and and by today I mean not this century, but today, one Middle Eastern group is launching missiles and throwing pipe bombs at another. Well, maybe not exactly today. I think there's a ceasefire. But we haven't grown much toward the Pentecost hope, have we? 
if that is happening today, then what must the Middle East have been like 2,000 years ago? I don't imagine those factions were any more cosmopolitan or inclusive than they are now. I mean, I don't, I don't guess any Parthian kids uh, knew any kids who grew up in Libya belonging to Cyrene. I don't think any Cappadocian dad had a mead for a boss. And Cretans didn't meet any Elamite girls at college and get married. So in light of that kind of, that kind of historic tribalism, it was true not just of the Middle East, but all regions and all times. In light of that, and in light of the backdrop of today's TV footage of bombed buildings and airstrikes, listen to Peter's sermon as he quotes from the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All. There it is again. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Wait, sons and daughters? That, that would mean in this new covenant, this new Israel, women and men are, are same, are, are equal. It's all. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Young and Old, no no difference. Young and old now included. All. Even upon my slaves, both men and women. (laughs) Now now you've gone too far. Even among the slaves, the, the, the socially marginalized, those without any power or status. So you're talking women and men servants. Are you kidding In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone. Everyone. Really? Everyone is now inside the salvation story? I I thought it was just a Jewish thing. But you mean Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia, everyone. Men, women, old, young, privileged, not privileged, everyone. Presbyterians, people from Omaha, everyone. Are you telling me? On this Pentecost, that all, all, all are the same before God and the world is flat. Well, no wonder the townspeople thought they were drunk. Who acts like this? I'll tell you who acts like this those who have the Holy Spirit of God alive in them. Because the Holy Spirit is the set loose spirit of Jesus, and we know how Jesus treated others, how Jesus treated all. 
Those who are set alive by the Spirit don't separate the world into Palestinians and Israelis, Democrats and Republicans, Medes and Elamites, Baptists and Presbyterians. They have never uttered the phrase, your people. Pentecost people who have the Spirit alive within them all still speak with their own dialect. Remember, we hear a Galilean accent. But always communicate unity rather than discord. Pentecost people recognize that the world is flat because we were all present at the birth of the church and we treat all people as having equal share. And I know that all is a dangerous word. Now, a, a kid from Doraville has no chance of becoming a Pentecost person on his own. It will take a rush of wind and tongues of fire for it to happen to any of us. But the Holy Spirit has shown us clearly who is seated at the Pentecost banquet table. And when the Spirit is present, we must, we must pull out a chair for everyone. Dangerous as it is, we the church must pull out a chair for all. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All is a dangerous word. Who is currently not included in your current circle? Who's not listed in your list of all? Whose chair is empty still at the Pentecost banquet? And who's popping into mind for you right now that you might ought to reach out and welcome this week so that Second Ponce will look more like Pentecost next week? Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.